Welcome to the Refuge Project. The Refuge Project is a place that we can have meaningful conversation in a safe place. We are your hosts. I am Pastor David. We got James. Hey, hey. And we got Pastor Daryl. See if you can do it. Can you do it? Wicker. 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 You're not the first one that I pastor that I forgot to name. (laughs) I had this one pastor that was in from out of town, and I was just like, we have Pastor... Oh, I forgot about that. But you didn't remember the first name either. No, I didn't remember. I remembered his dad's name, but I didn't remember his name. I'm trying to remember which one it was. Yeah, yeah, I don't remember. Was it the guy from... (laughs) (laughs) It was the guy from Colorado, right? Colorado, yeah. I can't think of his name now either. I'm sorry, man. Yeah, that was one of the most embarrassing I knew your name with the day and everything. He was a cool dude. Yeah, yeah, that was a really good podcast. It was. had a lot of good insight, so... Kind of a. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to help you with any insight today. Uh, I can promise you. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's what everybody says, and they got some good insight. But I want to quick shout out, man. We uh, just hit out five thousand downloads. We just want to thank everybody Woo-hoo. for checking in with us every week um, and stopping by, even when we're at our worst. And we we turned in garbage. Y'all still tune in every week and, and tell us how good we are. Um, but in the United States, we have Texas, uh, Oklahoma, California, Virginia, and Nebraska coming in for the top five most listened states in, uh, in the United States. And globally, we have the United States, of course, India, Russia, France, and the United Kingdom. Ooh. Yeah, so in the new one that checked in last week, Czech Republic. Mm, all right. Yeah, Check so they public. checked in last week. Uh, let's see if they stick around. Shout out to Nebraska. Nebraska's coming in hard. Whoever is out there in Nebraska, let us know. I mean, y'all just came didn't from... You just, didn't you just tell me that you have like a niece or somebody hey, hey, sh- in Nebraska? When I sent her 20, I, I told her I would give her a dollar an episode if she checked in. <laughs> More than that. Uh, anyways, yeah, I think it might be her. But I don't know, so I'm gonna reach out to her and see if it's her. But hey, if it's if it's uh, McKenna Pierce, shout out to you for bringing uh, the Refuge Project to Nebraska, man. Yeah. So they go. coming in hard, man. Like in just a t- couple of weeks, they listen to 25 episodes. So wow, um, mm. yeah, appreciate. There's not you much doing. to do in Nebraska. Not not a whole lot to do. Not <laughs> a whole lot. We were just talking about <laughs> corns and pig farms. So I'm sorry, Nebraska. Yeah. Well, I mean. It, Somebody's got to do it. Yeah, like, somebody. Do it. We was just in there eating fancy bacon right before you came oh in here. Gosh. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. yeah, the charcuterie board. The char- yeah. yeah. So Sandra hooked We're it up. Classy people. Yes. <laughs> the Pinky millennial up. lunchable. Uh-huh. <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right, let's right jump into culture corner. One of his legendary rhymes was. I, mean, I can't believe I'm missing this. Yeah. Is it really a rhyme when he just says, "I'm about to"? He, he he's just, always about to. Yeah. Rhyme, but, but he's he really never, good at getting close to rhyming. Yeah. He's, he's, he's uh, the best. So I'm guessing he doesn't rhyme. He he no. doesn't usually rhyme, but he's he's, he's the, not the rhymer type. He's the best at uh, making you think. He'd he be a good hype man. Yeah, for sure. But not a very good rapper. Well, anyway, let me tell you the story. Okay, All right, okay. so here's my culture corner story. <laughs> So recently, um, some archaeologists okay. um, uncovered some. So this story, I feel like, is a story that you would have normally brought. 
Um, but for some reason, I'm bringing it today. There's no animals, no animals? involved. What? There's nothing. No aliens? No aliens, no animals, no nothing. Man. So I don't know what that says about this. But <laughs> anyway, so these archaeologists discovered some new evidence in um, this city called Tal El Hammam. I think is how you say it. Okay. Um, that they think uh, was the old city of Sodom from the Bible. And uh, the new evidence uh, shows that they think this city went out in a blaze of glory from uh, a meteoric explosion known as a cosmic airburst. You think you don't think they <laughs> meant Los Angeles? You know what's funny? Oh, like, we, <laughs> my seventeen-year-old son Cooper, he he actually sent me a meme of this story. Of this story? Yeah, this story. Like this is perfect. Like Friday or Saturday, he's like, I don't. I wonder what could have hit it. Maybe God? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yeah, so, okay, so these archaeologists say uh, they think that it was a this thing called a cosmic airburst. So that's when a meteor is coming towards Earth and explodes in the atmosphere. Um, and they think this would have been like two and a half or so miles uh, above the surface when it would have exploded. And, or maybe uh, from heaven? Maybe straight Possibly. from heaven. Or you could just say God sent the meteor. I don't know. Well, either one. Hey, he'll use um, whatever. Yeah. Um, but so they found this layer of all this glass and ceramics like five or six feet below the surface. And they say it couldn't have happened from a volcano or from an earthquake because of this and that. It would have never gotten hot enough. But a this uh, cosmic airburst would have easily gotten hot enough. And if that's what happened, all these people would have died instantly. And uh, yeah. So basically, anytime God smited somebody, we can now he call it. Just thrown, we can call it a cosmic airburst. Might have just thrown a meteor and it hey, blew you better, it up. At you, him. you better not make God mad. He will cosmic airburst cosmic, you. Anything cosmic. <laughs> so uh, uh, there, obviously, a lot of people are still debating on if they think this was actually the city and all that stuff, but. Anyway, I just thought it was interesting. There's, there's so many cosmic airburst jokes that we could make right now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I ate a taco bug. Oh, I had a cosmic yeah. airburst. Speaking of taco <laughs> I never eat taco bell. I ate taco bell one time last week, and I ain't been right since. What dude. did you get? Look, You had some cosmic airburst. <laughs> I am a firm supporter of taco bell. Yeah, I know a solid you once a week, probably. Really? Pro about probably. Just to keep yourself cleaned out? Just or just... Yeah. <laughs> Taco Bell has never done me wrong once. I don't. Everybody always makes those jokes about Taco Bell, but it's never hurt me. It's Man. always been good to me. And uh, yeah, I don't know if y'all are just ordering horrible things Man, from there up. or Too what. Much Taco Bell in my cup. You know, I, it's next. It's next door to the church that I work at. So there's a, there's usually about once yeah. every two weeks that I go there. Uh -huh. But it's yeah, it's it's there. It's fine. It's fine. I, it's, I don't remember it's being affordable. I don't remember it being as bad as it is. <laughs> It's not that. It's well, okay. Hold up. Before we start, what do you get? What did you Five get? Five burrito. Okay, that's not that great. Okay. Um, I got. Actually, isn't, it, isn't it called a seven layer burrito? Well, anyway? they have that one. Yeah. Too. <laughs> that's <laughs> the problem. You get the five layers. <laughs> seven. I take the sour cream off. Uh -huh. So that's now six layer. Maybe it was just a seven layer. But no well, they have cream. both. Oh, do they have five and seven? Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't know which one I got. I got a crunchy taco and then something else. Put it. I used to eat the Mexican pizza. They don't have that no more. Yeah, that's not that yeah. great. But Mexican pizza. I like Mexican pizza. I like, I like the Mexican pizza, but it, mm. the beans over the last couple of years have taken a wrong turn for me. I don't I don't know what it you is. You got a Taco Bueno yet? They're coming in hard in the Houston area. No, they have one in Baytown now. Yeah. Really? They've never been there. to the Bueno. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's Probably neat. better. Have y'all been to the local taco place here yet? Next to the Dana's Donuts? 
No, yeah. I don't know which oh, one. I gotta go check it out. Yeah, no. Yeah. What place are you talking about? Right, right around the corner is Dana's Donuts. They have the breakfast tacos and all that good stuff. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> this is too I'm, far from you. Sure, I'm, sure, I'm, sure I'm sure the local, the listeners are in in Czech Republic. Are like, oh yeah, we gotta go to that taco place or the corner. What corner? Global podcast. Dana's Donuts. We gotta find that taco place. Oh, anyways. Well, that's interesting. So, do they they think like? Geographically, this would be the spot. Yeah, where so it's right where um, modern day Jordan is, um, over by. I think it's a little under the Dead Sea. I'm not, I'm not all uh, read up on city locations <laughs> and all that stuff. So don't. You didn't pull out the Bible I, maps out of the I, back of your Bible I, I, and check I, it out and make sure and compare the two. But the, yes, this city is, or it's it was uh, in modern day Jordan, like right outside. Like it's in the right area, supposedly. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and it, it really, was like at some point this, there was a city there, and then there was a massive modern airburst or cosmic, cosmic airburst. Cosmic, cosmic yeah. airburst. Well, I think it's so funny because everybody was just like, "Oh, can you believe this has happened to these people in this area uh-huh. and all this stuff?" It had to be. Well, this has been written down for a long time now. Mm-hmm. Like we're, we're we're not guessing anymore. Oh no. You know, and but they think that it's this whole new thing that's been discovered and all this that. These people like uh, like these all these uh, flood stuff that's created all these uh-huh. things all over the world, and mm-hmm. they were just like, "Oh yeah, it was definitely a flood." Well, yeah, it was a flood, mm-hmm. and we've talked about it all, so many times. You know, we learned about this in Sunday school when we were four. Yeah, you know, this is not a new thing. And these scientists are like coming up with all this other stuff, like what they think it is. But yeah, it's. Pretty interesting. It said it was. It said the impact would have been a thousand times stronger than the atomic bomb that destroyed Hiroshima. Yeah. So God wasn't playing. He was mad. He was mad, man. Yeah. He, he was, told him. He's he like, was, hey. He's very. Upset. Y'all better get your stuff together, or the cosmic boom yeah. is coming. But yeah, it would have looked just like fire coming down from heaven. Yeah. And everybody in around would have seen it. Yeah. I think they described that in the Bible a couple of different times. So. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. that's the story. Awesome. Hmm. Well, L.A., California. Watch out for the cosmic airburst. Watch out for the cosmic stuff because y'all next. <laughs> y'all next. Shout out to all the people y'all in California. Disrespecting Taco Bell. Like <laughs> all the California people. You never had a five-buck box and just had a good night now, with hey, the Sierra the, Mist? The $5, hey, I... That's yeah. five dollar meals. It, yeah, that's a, that's that's. And legit. it's always rotating, listen. so it's like whatever the new item is. Listen, get some listen, fire listen, sauce listen, listen. And, and a Sierra Mist, dude, or hey. a Baja no, Blast. I get, if you're into no, that. do the I do the Kickstart. Oh, do you're going kickstart. energy. You could do that one too. So yeah, Kickstarter, dude, that's the way to go. Hey, I want I want everybody leaning into the radio real quick. Lean in. I'm scared if I do, there's <laughs> gonna be a cosmic airburst. <laughs> I just want you to lean in and just listen to what's going on. Just think back to November last year uh-huh. when we were talking about Thanksgiving yeah. and how great these different foods were yeah. and how much junk I took for bringing Luby's up. <laughs> well, Luby's is trash. Man. And y'all are talking about it's how de- great Taco Bell is? It's delicious and affordable. It's five dollar box. Luby's prices are outrageous God. for the quality that Luby's you're getting. Uh, outrageous for the quality that you're oh getting. Oh my gosh! Hey, Taco Bell's not going out of business. Is Luby's? <laughs> Anybody? 
do we want to remember right. that one? Point taken. Point <laughs> taken. Boom, 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 boom. Y'all are killing me, man. Yeah. What are all the, all the newly released prisoners supposed to do if the Bluebies is gone? They, are they going to get a job at Taco Bell? They no. Could. They totally could. Everybody's they probably could. They could come work at Gringo's right now. Hey, if you want to, put my name on the referral. We'll both get a bonus. It's <laughs> <laughs> I don't even care what you did. Just don't do it again. <laughs> and, uh, we'll be good. James Nissen. Uh, all right, I got a story. New social media platform hosted by only Christian content to launch in 2022. Is it going to be good or is it going to be like all the Christian networks? Uh, yeah, it's probably going to be terrible because this is what they decide <laughs> to call it. Only going to be posting about Jesus? Yeah, right? There's some cosmic air yeah. bursts going on. No, that today. probably isn't allowed on there. Uh, right, so this is what they're going to call it. The platform is going to be titled Faith Meet. Faith meet. It sounds like so a is that a dating one. service? Yeah. No, it's a, it's supposed to be compared to Twitter and Facebook and stuff, and they called it Faith Meet. That's what it's, mm. it's Faith Meet. This is the problem, <laughs> Christian people. Get it together already. Like you want it? Okay, listen. If you're not going to be in the space that you're going to be like challenging with Facebook, All right, wait, 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 what, what would you call it then? I mean. Facebook, like Twitter, like those are cool names, but fake me. This is what turns this is what turns the world off to Christian stuff because we call it faith me. Yeah, it's not good. How do they spell meat? M E E T. Oh, too bad. That would that would have been great if it had been M E A T. I would have been praising it right now. Faith meat, food for the soul. See, they should have brought you in on the you know the team. The marketing. Yes. <laughs> I don't think I would have taken that gift. Listen, I hope it works, and they're just trying to give us another platform to go where you know we don't have to deal with all the nonsense and all the stuff. When's it launching? But no, it's gonna be it's gonna be full of nonsense though. It's mm-hmm. that, that's exactly. They think all the good Christians are gonna go over there, or only. You, but you, it's just going to be a bunch of, you know, Catholics fighting against Baptists. No, it's going to be a bunch of trolls going on there posting the most obscene stuff they can get away with. Yeah, for well, sure. Yeah, and then you're going to have, like, way too many just... It'll be right-wing conspiracy theories, uh-huh. honestly. That's uh-huh. what you're going to end up with. A you're going to have a bunch of, like, 4chan, 8chan people just, like, going hard on that. Well, they're saying here, Mr. Goodwin Samuel, okay... Uh-huh. And I thank you for doing all the hard work and put on. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Is it Goodwin Samuel? So he has a last name as a first name and a first name as a last name? Exactly. He's confused. That's why he he named it Faith Meet. He didn't even fill out the form, right? Maybe he should have been like Meet Faith and then knew. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he's saying that, you know, platforms like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram are not providing a significant Christian content, Right. So he wanted to create this platform that we can, you know, be centered around Christians. Mm-hmm. Um, listen, if you ever, if you ever went to church, the people in their own church don't get along. Yeah, they can't come together with anything. If you ever been part of a board meeting in church, oh, and that's the leaders of the church <laughs> trying to get something passed, ain't gonna happen. But we're gonna get on this. Is there something you want? To, is there something you need to get off your chest when it comes to board meeting? Yeah. <laughs> Can you give us an example with names and dates? No. And- yeah. I'm gonna keep my job for now. <laughs> 
And plus, this is we'll call, him, we'll, call, we'll call him Steve. For... <laughs> no, actually, Steve at is the your one friend's I'm... church. Yeah, at my friend's church. This is what I heard goes on in board meetings. Anyways. Everybody, my board meeting is great. So, so when does this thing launch? Twenty twenty two. Twenty twenty two. Beginning of twenty twenty two. Yeah, it is insane. like they're not gonna are they gonna make me wait till Christmas next year because you know I'm getting on <laughs> I'm gonna I mean are they gonna sell ads and stuff I'm sure it's it... gonna be like you know like uh, you know they're gonna sell different oils it's not it's never gonna get off the ground and then There's holy no waters way. as soon as, if it launches as soon as it launches it's gonna get overrun by internet trolls and they're gonna have to shut the whole thing down it's gonna be sponsored by pure flicks yeah. Which is the most terrible mo- movies ever? They're probably the ones. It could be like it, what, there's the one there's the one that just takes out all of the bad stuff out of videos. I forget what it's called. It's, I have a buddy of mine. He's, he gets on there and he was he's saying the other day he has, I told him he need to watch something and he told me he said well I, I think it's on I think it's like Vid Angel or something Vid and Angel. it takes out all of the cuss words and the sex scenes of I was like How, some of those yeah I think there's just too much for that one. Yeah. <laughs> it cuts the hour and a half movie down to yeah, the movie minutes. 20, 20 minute movie yeah. here. And the movie sucks after and, that. And none of the plot <laughs> connects at all. Uh, when I seen this man and you know we talked about it with uh, uh one of the pastors at the, our pastor's convocation about should Christians even be in this type of space? You know, should, should we be out there trying to create alternative for this or should we be putting our money in, in missions or, or whatever? I don't, and I don't, I don't know the answer to that, but I just think that anything that you do that you don't have to, that you can type on and, and, and do stuff from a keyboard is going to be toxic at some point. Well, and I, I think you're still. If it, the more and more we create things that are that are just Christian only, the the more we're se- we're segregating ourselves from mm-hmm. the world, and we're not allowing ourselves to do the things that God's called us to do. Yeah. And it's really one of those things for us. We have to sit back and say, "Hey, I, what am I missing um, in that?" Because what? Because ha- here's for me as a pastor who's. I have to. I have to intentionally think about, "Hey, how, who am I reaching out to that's not a Christian?" Mm-hmm. And because Jesus certainly had no problems finding that. Right. And so I said, so when we, if we're going to pull this off of Facebook, pull us off of Twitter and put us all in the same, mm-hmm. same little place, then we're yeah. totally going to miss out on these things that, um, that we need to be doing. Yeah. And that's something we talked about last week. We was talking yeah. about the, you know, where's the line between culture and church. Um, and I think it's important that we, you know, we figure out what that line is and, and we balance it because, if we're just going to be locked up in the four walls of the church and arguing with our friends and our buddies about church stuff, then we're not really um, walking out the call that God has on our life. Yeah, exactly. You know, uh, and if we're continuing, like your point, if we're continuing to isolate ourselves and we're going to have our our own, you know, movies and our own music and our own Facebook and our own all that other stuff, we have to be able to find a space where we entertain. And have conversations with people that are not like-minded us, mm-hmm. of us. Exactly. Um, so, and if we don't do that, then we're just really, uh, really lying to ourselves as Christians. I, I believe so. All right. Well, I got a song for y'all today. I went on to the Christian uh, Billboard charts. This was number three. Annie Wilson, my. Jesus. What's the point of weary? Is your burden weighing heavy? Is it all too much to carry? Let me tell you about my Jesus. 
Do you feel that empty feeling? Cause shame's done all it's stealing And you're desperate for some healing Let me tell you about my Jesus Pretty good song. Uh, I was listening to it earlier, and uh, <clears throat> the song's kind of sad. You know, we're talking about this, this little boy that just passed and different things like that. And then uh, uh, she was just talking about how who her Jesus was. And I think a lot of times that when we go through certain things in life, that we have to remember that we're not going through this alone. God didn't forget us there. You know, I just found this. I just I was. I just found this chick a singer the other day, like a couple weeks ago, like last week, actually. Oh, really? Yeah, I was riding, we were setting up for our baptism, and our, one of our admins, she was playing it in her truck. Wow. And I was like, man, this, she's she's good. I yeah. never heard, I don't ever listen to any kind of Christian music other than like worship music and stuff. I don't. So, <laughs> why you say that? Do you listen to secular music? Some, not much. Yeah, that's yeah. me too. I, I don't listen to a whole lot of music, but when I do listen to music, it's normally Christian music. Um, but we can't, we just kind of talked about that last week, so I should have been here last week. Is what it sounds like. Sounds <laughs> like you should have been. Yeah, yeah. Last week was good. Last week was just me and James. We didn't have nobody in, so we just did our yeah. thing, and I, it, it turned out pretty good. So, uh, so that was Annie Wilson. Go check her out. She's number three on the Christian Billboard charts. Hey, she's a looker too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> A lot, way better than that chick that was dating aliens last week. Oh man, you should have been here last week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, and by the way, last week when we're talking about um, the different secular rappers and and uh, the the singer, remember I couldn't remember the guys that was in the choir and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, little baby was on his last album. Uh-huh. Kurt Franklin. Oh, that's who I, I was no. trying to think of. I should have guessed that. Yeah. Uh, I don't think you gave me enough to go on. No, I didn't. Uh, Steve Cuellar texts me after he listened to the podcast. Uh He goes, uh, did you ever figure it out? I'm like, no. He was like, Kurt Franklin. Thanks, Steve. Uh, Way to be there, Steve. Steve. Um, Anyways, um, what else was there? I guess that's about it. Uh, There was something else I wanted to follow up with last week, but uh, I couldn't remember Kurt Franklin, so I'm not going to remember that. (laughs) Maybe you get a text from Steve. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Shout out to Steve. Pastor Daryl. That's me. That is you. Yes. Pastor Daryl served for nearly 25 years. Are you, I didn't even realize he was that old. Like you started when you was 15 or something? <laughs> I wish, man. <laughs> yeah, 25 years as a children's pastor, next gen, and family pastor over, all over Texas. Yeah. Um, so, and he is uh, the uh, current family pastor, children's pastor here at Mercy Gate in uh, Mount Bellevue where we live and uh, just been really just building over the last, I don't know, a few months and uh, him and um, his wife and my wife work together. So 
it's kind of been uh, cool just kind of building with him a little bit. He's done some things with uh, our church, kind of doing some different tra- trainings and stuff like that. So we asked him to come in. Man, uh, My pleasure. It's been exciting. Yeah, tell us a little mm-hmm. bit about yourself and uh, some of the things that you know, you've experienced in, in uh, different churches and, and, and different things. Oh man, I'm, I'm blessed. I say I get, I'm blessed because I can actually say that I've worked in just about every kind of church setting in just about any kind of size or environment you've possibly been, can imagine from traditional, um, non-denominational. We worked at a Baptist church for a little bit, mostly Assembly of God. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had um, small town, suburb, inner city, big church, little church, mid-sized church, you name it. So it's there's very few that I haven't experienced at some point in my career. Um, it's so been what's a, the biggest church like as far as children that you've had? Oh, when we were we had a, we were had a, we worked at a church where it was between 800 and 1000 kids. Wow. 800 to 1000 kids. Yeah. And when we were in, when we were in Lubbock there was a... Sorry. <laughs> it's working now. Sorry, it's working. <laughs> Actually, There's some Annie Wilson right there, everybody. <laughs> so, how do you, when you have that many kids, yeah, how like, do you manage that many kids? How, yeah, how, how big is it? the staff when you, you go, have oh crap, kids? every Sunday? <laughs> so, like, when you're talking about not volunteers, but on a paid staff for the children's church, what does it look like? For us, we had a smaller one actually because it was funny. I was that was one of those things that my executives always I was always going into them saying, "Um, we need more staff," and they'd be like, "Um, wh- wh- why?" I was like, "Well, because we have we have kids. we have eight hundred kids, <laughs> and have I have more kids <laughs> than you have adults." Yeah. <laughs> but they, um, but we literally it was uh, I had myself. I had a early childhood director that was full time. I had a early child assistant director that was full time. I had an admin that was there and I had a fifth and sixth grade pastor that was full time. So there was five of us there. Wow. That so doesn't sound five, like yeah, it doesn't sound that's a, <laughs> that doesn't sound like that's you know a hundred kids per person. Yeah, now that's the thing. You want to in they say it's like a hundred to hundred and fifty, but literally you don't because that's the whole point is you want to you want to build a build build up leaders around you and have volunteers mm-hmm. and teams and build teams up that they can serve in those aspects of it. And that's the great thing about kids ministry is the fact that you can have people that come in and train them and really build them up and build a team up and mm-hmm. um, make it a ministry for the family and that's really what we want to do. Yeah, and I think that in the, the children's side is a little bit easier maybe than some of the other ones, or, or maybe a little bit harder. I, I don't know. I've never been in children's ministry, so I'm going to just tuck up my tail right now. Yeah, you are. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but you would think that people would want to volunteer for the, the children's ministry because they wanted to see, like, what's going on with their kid. and Or, yeah, the other side, they're yeah, like, the take, take my kids. kids. That's exactly what you – but, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it really just depends, and I think – you have to, and that's one of the hard things about being at a church is you have to be create a culture that people see what's going on because especially in the day and age we're in now, people don't ever see the kids. Yeah. I mean, as soon as they get to church, it's like, hey, we're going to take you to this place and we've got to have it secured down. And it's this goes behind this, what what goes behind, you know, what happens behind those locked doors over there? We yeah. don't know. Um, but that's, that's literally the thing. Because of that, it's never, unless you're very intentional about putting it in front of the church and putting it in front of people. They, you miss out on a lot of volunteers and there's, you know, that's one of those things you have to be very intentional about either, you know, so it's been, we've been blessed that we're actually, we do announcements and we're Margaret and I are in the main service doing stuff on a regular basis and just trying to say, Hey, this is, this is what's going on in kids ministry. Y'all this, so y'all know that it's not, you know, it's not childcare, it's kids ministry. And that's right. what we are. You know, I, I threaten to punch people all the time for calling it. I like to hear <laughs> 
Thanks. So <laughs> hold I, up. I said if you, if, somebody, if somebody calls it child care, we're gonna we're, we're gonna fight. Yeah, we're gonna fight. <laughs> Plus, if it's child care, then you need to be paying your monthly bill. Hey, oh, there we go. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. So, um, and uh, so how long you been here in, in Mercy Gate? Oh, well, right at four years. It'll be four years in January. Okay. Yeah. So it's coming up. Yeah. And then you spent time as a, as a child, kind of going all all over Texas too, right? Or with uh, you know, moving around. Yeah. My, yeah. My family. We moved. We moved a ton, and that's. That's kind of what we did. We've moved. I, yeah, that was just, we've been literally, I lived in Dallas, Houston. I went to, grew up in spring for a little bit when I was in elementary school. And so we've been all over the place. So where is the foundation of your faith? Where does it come from? I mean, I know, you know, you're going to tell me, you know, God, Jesus, Jesus and stuff like that. But as far as family and different things like that, who was that critical? Did you grow up in church the whole time? I did. I did. I was the kid and my, my, I joked that my mom was had, you know, I was born on Labor Day. My mom went into labor with me that Monday. And so and then that following Sunday, I, I was in church kind of thing. It was that I was back in those days. That was the deal. It was you. Yeah. Went, you went straight to church. There was no this wait six weeks. It was, hey, we're we're going to show off the new baby. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so and uh, we had, and I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Yeah, but there, there's a there's a couple that just had a baby and, uh, you know, they brought the baby to church, you know, and everybody was just like. Oh, it's a cute, cute baby, and the other half of the people are like, "I can't believe you're bringing your baby in church right now." You know, <laughs> but when we were kids, that was the thing. Yeah, like, it was. Bring your baby to church and show everybody your trophy. That's it. It was. It was. Hey, this is baby. We're proud of this baby. We yeah. want to show this baby off. You know, I've, I've got some people there's that I've known that they show up and we had a baby. We're gonna. We we've no longer come to church. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. And then they get they lose the habit of coming to church and they never even come back. And yeah. it's, it's it really is kind of heartbreaking. Right. So when you, so is your mother and your father that really My, brought up. Yeah, my parents, they, you know, they, they've been very, they were all, they've always been involved. My dad was a, they both, they went to Southwestern Assemblies God University or college back then, um, or I went to school as, and so they were, my dad, uh, he was taught Sunday school. My mom, she was involved with our impact girls, missionettes when I was little, taught my sisters and all that kind of stuff. So it was, we were always involved in church. I can't remember not being involved in church and not just, not even, not in a place even where it was like, Hey, we attend church. It was we we're we're involved in church. Right, yeah, right. that wasn't ever an that was never an option. Right. Mm-hmm. When um when did you know that you was called to be that pastoral, you know? Um, you know, cloth. The between my junior and senior high year in high school, I was when I was really kind of made that decision. I was we walked in and um summer camp. That's lit, that's it, man. You go to yeah. summer camp and you're praying and you know and God's like, hey, this is not. You need to, this is where you're focus. you need to focus on. Right. Because in my brain, I don't, you know, business or teaching or coaching or something that was always in my brain. I loved, I always loved playing football. I loved, you know, I knew I wasn't ever going to, I wasn't going to be a lifelong football player. Right. I was five, six, 145 pounds. <laughs> I, um, <feel> you. <laughs> I understand. And so, you know, it was one of those things, you know, you're, you're, you're fast, but that's it. Yeah. <laughs> and I so that was the, um, so yeah, so for me, it was whenever I got when I got to when I got to high school and I made that decision, um, that was kind of the thing. And as soon as I graduated high school, I went to Bible college and kind of moved on from there. Right. And is did you meet your wife in Bible college or what no? It's funny is I went to I went to Bible college for two years. Went to Southwestern for two years. I took a break. I was planning on just coming home and taking care of finances and kind of getting some stuff in order. And then in uh, that that September, my wife started. My my parents live in Waco now. And so they, Margaret started at Baylor that same fall. 
that I took off. And so I, she walked in. She said, hey, how are you? Hey, and, <laughs> and so it's probably That's the story he's well, telling. Well, yeah. actually, yeah. no, <laughs> and actually, no, in actuality, it was one of those kind of deals where we were, we, you know, we tried to be friends for, you know, that first semester. And by the end of the semester, I was like, all right, I'm going to ask this girl out. And so mm-hmm. we, we started dating at the end of the semester of our freshman year and dated all throughout that. And I literally took six years off from school um, while she was in school and we got married and had wow. were two years and it we've been married for about two years and um, she only had had her bachelor's degree and in, she wanted to be a speech pathologist which is what she is right um, so she had to get her master's degree to do what she wanted to do and so it was really kind of one of those moments where we walked in and the living room you know we've been married she was not making any money just barely getting by and then all of a sudden she um, we just walk in and say, hey, I kind of feel like God's speaking to me that we need to get our crap together and go back to school. <laughs> <laughs> and so that was, and that was literally it. And so we, and then God, it was funny because then God, we're like, okay, God, close doors and open doors. You always want to pray, God, open doors. Don't pray for God to close doors because that just, that tends to not work in your favor because that summer before, like we went in and there was like a week and a half where just got closed doors like our rent went up and we were we were like barely making it anyways i got fired from my job working i was working at office depot back in those days and um i had this and it was just one thing after the next and next thing you know we're like all right god this is what you mean by closed doors all right so <laughs> we're call. <laughs> yeah close my job door like, come on god yeah and then since so we let like lived through the we went through that summer and then margaret got on um got into baylor to be go work on her master's degree because that was kind of the plan was hey you, you go finish up at school um, finance the family finance the family because you're gonna make more money anyways yeah and so basically we went in and um she got into baylor and then I called that same day, I called a pastor friend of mine in Waco and said, Hey, um, Margaret got a job at, or Margaret got into Baylor. She's going to be going to grad school. I would really love to find somebody, a place that I can, you know, get in and be a children's pastor. Do you know anybody that might be hiring a kids pastor in town? And he just chuckled because he had literally asked his board the night before if he could hire a kids pastor. Wow. And so it was just God working it out. And um, Ken, Ken was the, the pastor there. He was the, actually the pastor that married us. And so it was really kind of a cool situation. Awesome. And we had about two, we had two years where we worked there. It was funny that first Sunday we walked into that church because it was this little tiny church. Um, and they, we met in a school. And it was, so it, was, it was really kind of a cool setup. But our first Sunday there we had five kids. And three of them were the pastor's kids. <laughs> so, and for, but over those two years that we were there, that summer before we left, um, for me to go back to school, she, um, we were, we were averaging just over fifty kids in the wow. ministry. So it was one of those things that just God just did some really cool stuff yeah. in those two years while we were there. And it's really one of those moments in ministry for us that we look really fond upon, and just really, dude, this is really some of our favorite times in ministry, just because of all the things, great things that God did. So. Um... Starting there, right? This, you know, with the, just a handful of kids. Um, what are some things that happened over the the twenty five years when you find yourself sitting in a room with a handful of kids, and then twenty five years later, you're sitting talking to John Maxwell, sitting <laughs> talking to John Maxwell. Yeah, like I mean, like there's there, there's a huge deal, like man, just trying to make it, and then next thing you know, you're yeah. We and we joke even about even like during that time when we were at that church, how what, it was like us, 
and we'd like set up our kids' church room, and there'd be like ten chairs and a karaoke machine, and we'd do worship yeah. with the karaoke yeah. machine kind of thing. Um, you know, it's for me, it's it's it really it's very surreal at times, just to see the journey that God kind of guided us. And there's you know there's moments and like even even like this weekend we spoke at a conference at a district uh, kids pastors conference. I got to speak up there and just thinking about how that was a conference that 20 something years ago I was attending mm-hmm. and just going in and saying, Hey, just let me suck in all the stuff. Let me write down all this stuff. And then to be up there, even this weekend speaking at it, it was really kind of a cool, a cool yeah. situation. And there's just, God just has been able, we've been blessed. And I don't know if it's just a, an attrition thing. That, hey, yeah. you lasted longer than everybody else, Daryl. Yeah. <laughs> um, or if it's just, if it's really a, you know, just, I think as we've been blessed to be able to be and do the things we did, did and you know through just showing showing going doing things over and over again and being there and trying to serve as many people as possible, we've been blessed to be able to do some really cool stuff. Yeah, and I think that you know when you put in that time, that people wants to hear, you know how how you made it through twenty five years, especially in, yeah. in kids ministry, which you get pretty tough at times. So speaking of that, pretty tough at times. I want you to watch this video and then tell me. How you got in this situation right here? Oh Lord, I think I know where we're talking, where, where this is going. If I remember right. <laughs> see what you don't see is it. Uh, here's what you don't see is in that same setup. The two years before that, because that was this this past summer. The one two there's there's a video somewhere two years ago where somebody or two and a half years ago that. I had a, there was a dance contest because this is an inner city camp that we work with. We work with Dallas Metro Ministries. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to them. Um, hey, right before that, yeah. since this is a, a you know a podcast that you're listening to, Pastor Daryl, which is how old are you now? Oh, 47. He's 47, and he had the you know the DJ music going. Whoa, 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 he whoa. had all the five <laughs> yeah. and seven year olds cheering him no, on. It, this is this is our this is our, that was our inner city camp. That's like eight to. It, you know, eight to thirteen year old, eight to thirteen year old, and he did a front flip, people. And uh, he didn't quite stick. Oh, like, dude, no. no. But this is what I'm, that's what I'm saying, though. Right, two ahead. and a half years before, two years before that, we're sitting there and we had this dance contest, and this is this is inner city camp, so dance contest and twerking everything. That's a yeah, normal, yeah, yeah. that's a normal <laughs> thing there. Well, one of my teenage helpers, and she's actually a she's a full grown adult now. So, but she gets the point. She gets the idea that I'm going to set Pastor Daryl up to do this dance contest against these leaders. And so we're dancing and all the kids are cheering and I and straight up I was like, you know what? I feel pretty good right now. I can do a flip. No, and that one I didn't I did the flip, but then I also did uh I did the splits. Oh. And so there is a video of that someplace. Anywhere? Wow. I didn't find that one. Yeah, you I mean that's that for your your social media and stuff, but I didn't find that one. Yeah, that's not that's not one that's very that's, that's out there very much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, there, I did I jumped down, I did the splits and popped up and I was like and I, and I got up and I was like, "Thank God." That worked. <laughs> yeah, that's a risky move. Yeah. It's high risk, high reward. Yeah, though, because you know? either you're the champion or you yeah. go home early. Or you, yes. you might be out for a couple weeks. Too. So it, it was one of those you drop, drop down, you drop back up. You're like, yes, and everybody's just going nuts and cheering. And you're like, yes, I did it. All right, thank, thank you, Jesus. Right, right. There's, there's, there's moments in life where you, you rejoice, right? And that's, that's one of them when you actually get up and you, you're okay. But you know, that's what for me, and and I. 
and I, one of my big things where it really is, it's a, it's being a fit, being fit and being doing fitness. And the reason, one of the reasons I do that is so I can do stupid stuff like that and do the splits and do mm-hmm. flips. And well, when you're, when yeah. you're 47 and you're chasing after a bunch of kids all day, like yeah. that's, that's tough. Yeah. And there's, and there's a lot, there's a lot of stuff in there where you can go in there and I, I just really believe that if I'm going to go and do those things, if I'm going to do the stuff I need to do and be, and be able to run around and do those things, I need to be be able to do that. I can't just go up and be sweating and be like, oh, yeah. I need to go to bed. <laughs> yeah, it's not a good look. Yeah, yeah not at all. Not at all. Kids. Yeah, I, I felt like that I, I aged out as a youth pastor. Yeah. You know, I couldn't keep up with them no more, and and uh, time was moving. And I don't all, remember you doing any flips, though. No, I've never mm-hmm. done any flips. I never ripped my shirt off, either. <laughs> Touche. Uh, but I felt like... Is there was, a story I need to hear about the ribbing? Well, <laughs> my, my first day... <laughs> In the previous youth pastor's last day, okay, he was preaching and ripped his shirt off, and uh, so Dead message, yeah, during the message, and my so my first words to the like Hulk youth, Hogan style or is oh yeah, it, yeah yeah oh nice yeah, yeah he just so my first words to our, but he was like a button up like yeah. he didn't rip it oh, you know it was like a button a shame. with like click on buttons I'm pretty oh, sure so he had like a pearl snap yeah, yeah for us something like that, that. oh that's that's, 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 that's so less impressive he was able to put the shirt back on <laughs> afterwards but I don't even remember why I mean why. it was just like yeah, I'm gonna, oh, yeah. no he didn't just rip the fibers no. This so, mor- this morning in kids church it was funny we were, we were talking and I had a kid and he was like but we're in the characters we were doing was like a Hans and Franz character for something and he started Pastor Darrow you sounded like Macho Man Randy Savage I was like, yeah that's what we do it yeah <laughs> and and he just started dying laughing and it's funny because he's a he's a nine year old who knows classic wrestler that's funny. that is funny that is funny. Um, who's the one person that's the most influential in your life? Oh man, um, <laughs> Macho Man, man. Yeah, <laughs> I'm more of a hacksaw Jim Duggan guy. Oh, dude, I'm all about hacksaw Jim Duggan. Yeah, just bring give me the two by four. Uh, <laughs> you know, there's a, so many different people that I could put and say that to, could you know put in um, in that particular role. Um, I'm dude. I'm. Re- I'm totally to just say just to narrow it down to one. It yeah. makes it hard, yeah. um, you know, because I love my parents are great. Um, I love them. They did, you know. They obviously, you know, they they had me in church. They they did the things they needed to do. Um, then I can think of even like our executive pastor Brent, who's who was one of our youth pastors. Who I'm here, not just here in Mont Bellevue because of him, but I'm a pastor now because oh, of him. That's awesome. Um, and he was, you know, he was my youth pastor when we moved to Waco and I was in junior high and just, he did a lot for the, for that. And I can think of different pastors even like, and then there's like my friend Ken, who he's, he's a guy, the guy who married us, I was telling you, he's a guy that he pushes me through different things. Like I'm going back, starting back to grad school in a few weeks with that. And, and it's just, he's one of those guys that every time I talk to him, he's like, yeah, you need to go back to school. And I'm like, really? Oh, okay. And so I'm finally suckered myself into doing that. Um, <laughs> you know, so there's just, there's just so many, you know, I can't, I honestly can't just narrow down to one person just because, and then I have, I have some close friends. There's pastor buddies of mine that, um, that literally we talk all, they've literally been blowing up my phone, even while we've been in here, um, that we literally talk every day. And without those guys, they're so influential in my life. They're my, they're my prayer partners. They're the people that I look to. And, um, you know, they're, I'm blessed to be able to call them friends. And, um, you're lucky because, uh, most people don't have, 
you know, that circle like that. Oh no. And yeah, that's, we have, dude, it's, it's been, it's really cool. And I don't even know what started it except I think, well, actually, I, I think there's one of the guys who he's just one, there's just one friend of mine. His name is Rusty. And we've been friends since I was in junior high. He, he was there when I moved to Waco when I was a kid. And he, um, but he started a text message group between five of us guys that we yeah. went to, we went to college together. We were in high school together and mm-hmm. a couple of them were just Southwestern buddies of ours. And then there was the three, you know, three of us, we were in the same youth group in high school together and stuff. And, um, just, we just started texting literally over after not really, we, you know, we would talk at different things. We look forward to hanging out. We'd call each other yeah. on the phone. We all had each other's number, but we never would have thought about having a text message group. Right. Mm-hmm. And we just started texting and it was funny. It was just, we would just dog on each other like crazy. Yeah, but then, yeah. but then if it was, if somebody needed something, we'd be there for them. Right. Mm-hmm. And we were just there with them and it was, they, they were truly friends. And so those guys and they're like, we just, we just had our, Every couple of years we go to we have a trip where we go to Colorado together and yeah, stay. I've seen some of those pictures, man. Man, it was it was amazing, and it was really kind of a bummer because one of the guys had to leave early um, because of COVID. One of the guys had to stay home because of COVID, so it was ended yeah, up being yeah. really just three of us there the whole time. But they're so challenging because they, you know, I've I've been doing kids ministry for twenty five years, but they've been doing theirs. Their stuff, you know, Brian is one of the, he's, Brian's dollar is really one of the leading kids pastors in America. He, he's a guy that everybody, everybody looks up to. He was, you know. So is that the one that writes all the curriculum? All the curriculum for high voltage. Yeah, yeah. He writes all that. I've got, you know, John, he's, a, he's a pastor of, he's a pastor of Gateway in San Antonio and he's just done so many great things. Matt works with him as his executive pastor and Matt's uh, actually Matt's planning his own church right now. Who's a campus of Gateway. And so, so he's wow. they're just killing it, and then Rusty he's been doing so much stuff in East Texas, and he's in Sulphur Springs, and he just does all these. The, he's the town's pastor, literally, yeah. and just so I mean, it's those guys are just so challenging just to be able to hear what God's doing through them, and so to be able to talk to them daily, it just it it's really is it's a great thing to be able to have. So this is the reason why I wanted to bring Daryl in. He come in here and talk about well, he ain't gonna have nothing to say, <laughs> but Daryl has his reach is, is just tremendous. He's been, like like I said. He's been doing this for 25, you know, plus years. And he just, over the years, has, God has put him into a place where he's been able to meet a lot of different people and build relationships with a lot of different people. And then now you have the opportunity to go, you know, speak at these different, you know, conferences and different oh, yeah. things like that. Um, so there's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of wisdom there. But one thing I wanted to just kind of talk to you a little bit about was, um, you know, as youth pastors and as as a you know there's there's a this growth pattern for us mm-hmm. you know and then you know you're a youth pastor and then you graduate and you're you know you know you're a associate pastor of some mm-hmm. kind and then you know you kind of work your way up to those but what i see and not that it's a bad thing but even our own our own children's pastor you know she's been there a bunch of years too you know and it just yeah. seems like that there's not that same growth pattern for a children's pastor it is therefore, you know, some of the other different roles in the church. Is is the church missing something, or is that healthy? Well, I think it's a for it's not. I think it just depends on the person, really. 
And I think over the last 25 years, and I was, it's funny because I was talking about this yesterday, even when I was at this conference, somebody asked a question about, about just children's ministry and involving families. I think that the church, the children's ministry role has changed so much in the last 20 something years. It's totally different now. And so what you're seeing now more, because there was one point in time I interviewed at a church, one of the churches I interviewed at, I interviewed and one of the board members who was in on the interview, he says, why do you want to, why do you want a girl's job? Wow. <laughs> Straight up. How old was he? Like 80? No, I mean, <laughs> I mean he might be. He's probably 70s why now, but yeah. He, that was straight up. He dude asked me. He said he goes he goes man, he goes man, why would you want a woman's job? Well, what did you tell him? I was like, I didn't know it was a woman's job. I just this is what God called me to do, man. Oh. He said, "Well, it is." So <laughs> wow. we're not going to pick you. <laughs> yeah, I think there's like I think there is benefits on both sides of it, right? So as far as like youth pastors you know they they stay around for a few years and then they're molded into the next yeah. the next role whatever and then you bring that fresh blood in there yeah. and fresh kids and then you you know See, the and new i think stuff comes i honestly and, think kids pastors are in here because youth pastor youth pa- youth pastors i feel have they they get that adult they're closer to the adult level of preaching than yeah. kids pastors are mm-hmm. like i you know Viewer goes to one of my kids' services. Most people are like, "Oh, dude, Daryl, that's a you know, it's a you're on our level. We we get it." But it's also, but youth pastors they get that they can they can sit down and they like I never use. I'll be honest, and this this is just between us and the five thousand people that downloaded this thing. (laughs) Um, But um, I I rarely I rarely use the epistles when I'm when I'm when I'm writing or teaching because in kids' ministry you have to have a Bible story. Yeah. And so you have to learn how to preach narratives. Yeah. Where, <laughs> That's interesting. Never and thought so, about it. And so Paul, he's pretty, and it's funny because I joke with my pastor all the time. I'm like, hey, pastor, Paul's worthless to me. <laughs> That's funny. That's I, was funny. Like, I, said, I said, I get it. I said, I love the stuff that he, I love what he says. Yeah. But as far as teaching, he helps me. He, I get, basically the only thing I get from him is the armor of God and right. that, you know, and the fruit of the spirit. And that's about it. <laughs> there's, you know, there's nothing cause there's, he doesn't tell any stories, you know, <laughs> bring me back to Luke, bring me back to the gospels yeah. in the old Testament. We're good. Yeah. So, uh, so you don't teach the, you know, the, the, the woman with the issue of blood or anything like that. In, in, I mean, in that's church. a, that's a, that's in the, st- we do. Do you, do you, yeah. do you really? Yeah. I mean, you, you don't have, I mean, like questions on anything. I like don't that? call it that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like the guy that says, "Hey, you're going to teach the story about the, the parable of the ten virgins." No, we're ten bridesmaids. Come on. <laughs> it's like, or you know what? When you're doing, or when you're doing the Ten Commandments, you don't talk about it. When you get to adultery, you don't talk about that. You talk. And I mean, here's the deal: we've had actually. Nowadays you have to talk about that a little bit, uh-huh. but what we've what we've done in the past is we've turned adultery into keeping promises. Wow. You made a promise, you need to keep it. Got it. And okay. so, and literally, if you could take it's the, the inside scoop, yeah. if you take adultery down to its <laughs> bare minimum, that's really what it, you're breaking a promise. Yeah. And so that's really truthfully what you're what you're doing. So what's so that's why we teach it. We say, hey, you made a promise, you keep it. Yeah. All right, wow. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah, that's good stuff, man. <laughs> I would just, I would have just come out and say filthy rags. Yeah, you know, <laughs> real metaphorical. That's why I was never, you know, good. 
Children's <laughs> pasture. I would have been. You know, I mean, there's I was, just, yeah, there's just stuff. You, there's ways you put stuff, but it's yeah. man, it's a it's a thing that it's it, you have to you, you you learn quickly. Like I can remember early on in ministry, there just things that you would say would come across um, offensive to people that you even. 20 years ago that yeah. I definitely wouldn't say now um, mm-hmm. because I remember even telling some sitting down like you don't say back in those days when we were kids it was sit Indian style yeah yeah no, crisscross oh, yeah. applesauce it's now. crisscross applesauce now and like mm-hmm. I remember there was one lady we were, we were sitting in church and I said alright y'all sit down Indian style and this this probably was 23, 24 it was 22 years ago because I remember the church we were at the lady's standing in the back dropping her kid off and she comes marching in she, hey, hey! I need to talk to you. I'm like, she what? Feathers on her head? Pretty much. You would think. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> My comments do not reflect on the church or the refuge projects. She came marching in, banging a drum. <laughs> No, I was like, I was, like, I put my cheap uh, wahoo hat so, on. No, it was, yeah, but it was, yeah, but seriously though, that was, the, and that was the thing, you know, you said stuff like that. Um, yeah, there's just different things like that. Yeah, 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 she was a Karen. It, it was some white girl. It was very much a white girl. <laughs> honestly. Uh, oh gosh, definitely a Karen. Hey, I like white girls. I'm married to a white girl. <laughs> yeah, I've had my taste of white girls. <laughs> Didn't like it. David's not a white girl kind no, of guy. No, 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 not at all. I got, I got rid of the white girls early on. Is, is the white girl the one that left you for the karate instructor? Yeah, that was one of the ones. I've had bad, 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 bad. Hey, no, reverend, reverend karate instructor. Oh, yeah, he was a preacher, too. <laughs> Why is this so funny to y'all? We've already went over this. Y'all I know, know how much therapy I have, sessions I had to go to after that podcast? Man, I haven't thought about it, and I'm just remembering. Yeah, uh-huh. Caesar, I need you here. Yeah. <laughs> oh I gosh, you, I tell you, I left the church over that, bro. Oh, it's so yeah. bad. Well, because he was the Reverend Karate instructor. I know, <laughs> Reverend Mr. Miyagi over there. Can you imagine getting no, your girl? Yeah, I can. I can. I can. Very much so. It's very clear to me. It's so bad. I'm sorry. Uh, Go ahead. Oh we, can keep, we can keep it moving. Yeah, I'm, very, I'm sorry, man. Very, very clear to me. By the way. Yeah, that was ten years of. Alcohol and drug addict. Oh issues. gosh, it's so bad. Thank you very much. Oh, those white girls, man. Man, the white girls sent me off on a spiral, man. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> what, what it's sending about? us off on a spiral right now. <laughs> it's so I'm, 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 I'm looking so for a cosmic air blast right now. Let me say something to all you white girls out there. Keep it, keep it in Jesus, man. I, lo- I love all races and Indians and white girls and all of them. Uh, Dots, feathers, the whole bit. That's right. Yeah, but it's just, just not, just not for me. You know, there's, there's somebody for everybody. Uh, but I got me a hot little senorita in the other room, and, I'm going and she makes it. a heck of a charcuterie board. I gotta say, lunchables all day. Oh, and hey, her decorations are off the and chain. Her decoration. I told you, tell them how classy and sophisticated they were yeah, here. They said they always have seasonal decorations. We do. And while I was telling her that, she was making a charcuterie board. Yeah, she's just. Man. And then I walked in the next room and they had a robot vacuuming their floor. This is the kind of life that David Hatley <laughs> Dude, is now living. Hey, listen, bro, out here on the hills. Seasonal decorations. What, what are they paying you guys at Elam Church? That's what I need to know. Yeah, God is good. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you, if you want to get in the pool business, it's not a bad deal. <laughs> You can get your feet a little wet. Yeah, get wet every once in a while, but not a bad deal. Get robots and stuff. 
Anyways, hey, listen. There's a white girl inside of her somewhere. <laughs> I'm sure. Oh, Maybe. this is getting so... <laughs> <laughs> Hit, hit the drop button. Hit the drop <laughs> button. <laughs> mark, that, mark that, please. Mark, that needs to be a sound next week on your little board. Um, there's a white girl in there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyways, anyways. I mean, if you don't put, the, if you don't have that as a sound on there for him just to randomly put. I'm gonna get one now. I got to. Oh man, what were we talking about? Well, we were talking about kids and. Uh, Ministry. Yeah. I was, I was saying about so, how he words things now because yeah, he yeah. can't say sit in style. Right. Yeah. Well, right. and even well, and t- just talking about. <laughs> I don't even know. Our wheels are so shut <laughs> off right now. <laughs> yeah. So we just talking about different things we couldn't, and the old girl was you know, marching in with her. Yeah. She, exactly. She, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and ministries change. I mean, for oh. all of us, you know, um, there was. Definitely some things that you could preach, and, and you would never offend anybody. But but anyway, yes. oh, I remember what we're talking about now. That we're but really, when it comes to children's ministry, you see a lot more kids pastors that are moving up into things like you that area. <laughs> You're seeing more kids pastors do that. Where do they go? Well, you executive pastors really. Um, and I think that, that you, makes sense because that's a chick's job. And, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. What, 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 what was your title? Some much next. But, yeah, so you can make those jokes. Yeah, that's what it looks like. I'm married to a Mexican, so I can make Mexican yeah, so jokes you too. <laughs> he can make jokes by association. That's yeah. it. Anyways, go ahead. I'm sorry. Every time he's trying to make his point, we get off of my sad little life. Next thing you know, there's going to be a karate instructor come through the door. <laughs> She's taking her to the class. I know. Leave her here. She's mine. I can just imagine you dropping her off at the class being like, I hope you have a good class. Yeah, if, she ever me, if she ever tells me that she's taking karate, she's not going. I like everything she wears except geese. <laughs> she just gets real into karate all of a sudden. Oh. Nunchucks just have a whole new meaning to me. <laughs> And she left the state too, right? Just she didn't even just leave. She left. Oh man, man. You know, okay. The bad thing about it was that she was Sandra was best friends with this chick in high school. Oh, that's even funnier. <laughs> Every time this gets brought up, I've heard a new detail, and it just gets funnier. Yeah. So there was this. There was three oh. girls. It was Sandra and these two other girls. So I oh, dated the other two gosh. first. And uh, both of them did me pretty bad. Wait, 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 wait. You can't, you tell, you can't tell us that Sancho was the last girl in the friend group. <laughs> you made it all the way around the group. Well, you so know the first two dummy had to go somewhere. Goodness gracious. So you just have like were they the like worst the only, were they like the only what? girls at church at that point, or what was the pretty ones? <laughs> Goodness gracious, man. Oh, man. Oh. So you just got bad judgment. Uh, you got Sandra real. Bad judgment. She's the one. I mean, he's got to have. <laughs> I mean, he's got to have some game somewhere. Because uh, if, if he got if he got two friends and still got the third one. Yeah. Bro. That's, this is shocking. Hey, so are they still, are they still friends? Uh, no. 
we don't even know where the other dwarf. Actually, one's in Colorado. Did you just call him a dwarf? We don't know. We don't know where the other dwarf. That's what David is a dwarf, so he can say these things. I did not say that. Oh, we're going off the rails. Okay, we're going to talk about relationships after after go to the psychiatrist. Get my get my medicine. I'm I'm a little bit sorry. <laughs> I'm a little bit. Every time you remember it, you bring it up. Hey, look, it's I'm a little I'm a little bit sorry because this went on too long. But I didn't mean for this to go on that long. But oh, okay, this goodness, is I, I got who we were. I gotta I gotta say thank you because I got a real good laugh. Well, I feel really good. You're right welcome now. with the, the other five thousand downloads out there. Thank you're you. All yeah. you're welcome. Thank you. We all thank you, David. Thank you for going through that. You know, you're lucky I Thanks put my life out there yeah, for I, all of y'all's entertainment. We're we, all, we appreciate your vulnerability. We all yeah. appreciate it. Man, you got better judgment these days. I do. I do. I do. You do. Now, got me a girl that's in there yeah. charcuterie in it out. Yeah, man. Whatever that word is. And this place looks amazing. It does look amazing. Yes. You should see Shout all the fall decorations. Wife, man. My wife is Sandra's amazing. Look, she gets DJ air horns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. She, too bad she don't listen to the Refuse Project. No, it's it's not probably too a bad. good thing. She has enough it's of me. Luckily, daily, she man. doesn't listen to uh, it. Of course, now somebody's going to tell her. Yeah, somebody, that, yeah. somebody always tells on me, anyways. So I get too Tattletales. Yeah. Um, so let's just, get, let's just get back to it. So uh, executives kind of where... Well, I mean, you have a lot. It just it really depends on the person. So does it go, ever go from... Like, to me, you would think children's pastor, youth pastor. No, 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 no. I Teenagers, they annoy me. Yeah. There you go. But you think that, that that's the natural progression? Some you people... You know, that, now, there have been times where we've been a, a different place and, like, the youth pastor will leave and people would say... Are you going to step up into the youth pastor? No, I have no desire. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not a thing. There's because now what what you're seeing right now in a lot of churches is in larger churches specifically is everybody people are actually combining and becoming next gen pastors. Yeah. Okay. So I've seen that in your bio. What's the next gen about? So that would be someone who's over birth through like young adults. So they would. So and when we were in Lubbock, we had we spent as part of our time there as um, next gen. Um, specifically, and that was we had children's church, children's ministry, we had youth ministry, we but we had in those places we had youth pastors, children's pastors, young adult pastors that were all under our under our the umbrella. Gen bubble. So yeah, so you didn't necessarily yeah. minister to one particular group that you had those pastors that covered that, and yeah. then you was just overseeing all overseeing that. all that. That was to be something I like. I would like to do. I'm 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 that guy that like. Almost like a project manager, you know. I want, yeah. to, I want to get a project going, yeah. you know, get it going, and then pass it off and let somebody else run it, and then start the new. You know, that thing has a lot to do with my EDD and stuff like that. Like, get real excited about something, and then just like every youth pastor. Yeah, exactly. Yep. There, yesterday it was funny. <laughs> there was at this conference I was speaking at. I spoke about communicating with or with communicating with youth pastors and how important it is. And then the the speaker, like two speakers after me. He actually talked to, he was a youth pastor, and he said, I want to teach y'all how to communicate to youth pastors. And well, the great thing, though, is he gets up, and uh, he was, and he even said, he goes, Here, let me tell you, describe youth pastors today. And it just, it cracked me up, because he was like, all right, I, w- I wouldn't do this in front of other youth pastors, because I am one, but I can say it, because I am one. He goes, like we all have, we have, we have low self-esteem, 
every youth pastor has low self-esteem because you get made fun of by 13-year-old girls all the time. <laughs> and then he's, he goes, you're farsighted because you're too worried about the kids that are in the, at the school that, you know, hey, if I, can get the, if I can get the high school quarterback to come to youth, then everything's going to change. And he said, and, you, know, you, know, you end up forgetting about all the kids that you're, the kids pastors are sending up to us. And then it was just like, and so it was really, it was actually a really good session. And, wow. But it was just funny. It was funny coming right after mine where I was just telling the guys, hey, you need to go to kids, to your youth pastor and tell them, hey, how can I pray for you? How can I help you? How can I, you know, what can I do to make sure you don't suck at your job? Yeah. And it was actually, I was actually kind of proud because I did this whole session and this is brand new building. Um, and so the, the first, one of the first slides up in their new building is, hey, don't suck as a youth pastor. <laughs> I was like, I got suck on the board to my notes. Um, yeah. But can you stand in church now? Suck. I can't in kids' church. Yeah. There yeah. You, go. you tell little kids they suck sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes. So tell me, uh, tell me what the role depends uh, on the kid. Depends they're really on the kid. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, you suck. <laughs> <laughs> or you know, then you have suck it. You know? <laughs> Uh, tell me the role that your wife plays in, in ministry with you. Oh, my wife, she's integral. She, um, she's, but well, because she is a speech pathologist, she works with special education, so she, that helps out a ton. But she also is our, she helps coordinate places, and she, she's my eyes and ears when I can't be places. And so when we, when we got to Mercy Gate specifically, there was a, there was, we needed help with our preschool department. It was crammed up into a little room, and I was like, all right, we need to figure out what's going on with that. And so she worked with that for the last three years, and literally it's probably one of the most productive ministries in our church right now. Wow. And then um, we just moved her from there to the work of the nursery to say, hey, what can we do to help to get this thing where it needs to be and stuff? Because she can sit where she can go in and she can say, hey— Daryl, this is what we need. And she sat this afternoon saying, we need to order this. We need to order this for the nursery. We need, why is the nursery doing this? And I'm like, all right, I need to write the notes down and I'll deal with it this week. Um, but those are, those are kind of the things that she's able to do because she knows ministry. She's been around, she knows what the expectations of excellence are and how to improve that stuff and what the expectations of I, what I want done. And I, where I can go to some people and they can be like, I can say, Hey, what does this, this look like this? And really, it's that whole. She makes it possible for me to inspect what I expect, and so because she she walks around and she goes into those ministries and works, and she's able to say, "Hey, this is what Daryl's, this is what Daryl's wanting," and even when I'm able to happen to be in the main service or be in kids' church teaching or wherever it is I'm at, she can be in those areas and really fill holes. Right. Because yeah. she knows you better than you know you. Yeah. Really. <laughs> True. Right. Um. <clears throat> and then she knows you some of your weaknesses and is able to pick up those areas. Oh yeah, and she's yeah, and that's that's one of the great. She's she's very detail oriented. Where I'm very big picture oriented. She can sit down and she can say, hey, this is hey, want, like she, I I've gone in this or this one nursery room fifteen times, and I'd never noticed that there wasn't a changing table in this nursery. And today she's like, why is there not a changing table in there? I said, there's not. <laughs> All right, I guess I need to deal with that this week. Yeah. But there's just stuff like that that she's gonna go in, she's gonna w- walk around, and she's gonna be like, hey, there's no soap in the soap dispenser. Or there's no this and this. Why are, why are these problems happening, Daryl? You need to, we need to fix these things. And she's able to see those things right away. Where I'm going in and looking at the big picture of everything, 
and just saying, all right, this is how we need to run this. This is what this needs to look like. And this is, how, you know, and I'm trying to just empower people and build people up where she can come in and she can just rip their hearts out. No. <laughs> but, and that's, but that's really what her, her deal is, is she's, she's very much, we're opposites on a lot of things. Um, and she, she's very, like I said, she's very detail oriented and she's, and there's a lot of people that are actually kind of scared of her, honestly. Um, that's, that's the honest truth. They just don't want to mess with her. She's, she's got some, she's got a crazy, a couple of crazy looks and they don't, they're like, dude, I don't want to deal with it. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think one of the things that, did you have something? No, go ahead. I think one of the things that, you know, Sandra, and we're going to have those two ladies in here, um, uh, pretty soon we can get it scheduled and just talking about being pastor wives and stuff like that. Because it's critical. That's a ministry in itself. Oh yeah, it's huge. You know, um, I know Sandra's one of those one of those people that she's my biggest cheerleader, but she'll also wait till we get home and she'll be mm-hmm. just like not appropriate. Yeah, <laughs> that was not appropriate. If you do that again, we're gonna have problems. You know, and then I get a lot of that. You know, sometimes. I just, you, know, you know, my filter has got my filter has gotten a lot better in 25 years. I can tell you that. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, just being a youth pastor, you can be raw. Oh yeah. You know, and then when you now it's like full time adult ministry. It's mm-hmm. just like, oh yeah, y'all get offended. Yeah, get over it. See, yeah. kids don't get offended at anything. They don't know whether they should be offended yet. I remember when I first started preaching to strictly adults. Sandra, she wouldn't even hear what I was. Preaching, she'd just be back there praying the whole time that I didn't say anything appropriate, <laughs> you know. Uh, so, so she, yeah. Now she's now now I finally figured it out. She's trained me enough where okay, she can send me up there with confidence. You know? <laughs> yeah, but I'm not nearly as funny because ever since I quit doing, that, yeah, right. <laughs> there's yeah. Well, you know, one of the one of the my issues early on was I would. Um, always use her as an example or her, you know, our, our life as an and example. And then you got kids. Yeah. Then yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, there you go. But she was just like, man, do every time do you have to like, you know, bring me into it? So, you talk about what you know, right? Yeah. yeah I mean, that's it. She, and she's great, you know? So uh-huh. it's one of those things that I, I, I want to show off, you know, yeah. her up and put her out there. Yeah. Uh, but you know, everybody's always waiting to hear the, the Sandra story and my messages. And <laughs> stuff, so. The Sandra, um, story. The, Sandra the Sandra story. Um, so tell us some, tell us something about Daryl that um, that you feel like that really strengths that somebody don't know a whole lot of. Oh man, secret strengths. Yeah. <laughs> then there wouldn't be strengths like anymore. Your superpower. What is your, <laughs> what is your superpower? I can get up in front of a room of kids and keep them entertained for longer than most people. <laughs> wow. That's a good. That's a good power. Yeah, that is. You know, that's one of the great things about being a kids pastor. And it's funny when you go to places, and it was funny going on mission trips early on when I first started, like going on mission trips and going places, and people would take me like on builders trips, and I'd just be like, "This sucks. I don't. This why? Why am I doing this? <laughs> you know, we're carrying buckets, getting eaten up by bugs, and they're like, if you sit down on the ground, you get something in your butt. <laughs> don't sit down. Oh yeah, and, and I'm like, no, we ain't coming back here. And they're like, you love it. And, and I remember some people telling me, you're going to love these mission trips. They're going to get so much out of it. And I'm just thinking the whole time, I'm like, this is the dumb. I'm <laughs> but then, you know, and then, I, like I said, I hung around longer than everybody else. So I finally got to go on like kids pastor mission trips mm. where you just roll into places and teach kids pastors and teach kids. And I'm like, dude, this is, yeah, I'm about this. Yeah. <laughs> this is what I'm. 
I, and, and it's funny because I'd go on these things and be like, I have a special set of skills, very, yeah. <laughs> very Ligon Neeson, you know, and, but that's, you know, literally I, I, I'm able to get up. I don't mind getting up in front where a lot of people are like, I ain't getting up in front of a giant group of kids. I don't know. And try to tell them about Jesus. I'm like, dude, all day long, put them in there. We'll, we'll go and we'll have, we'll have a good time. And that's, that's the key. So has there been a time where, you know, just for example, you know, I'm the youth pastor before me was, we was nothing alike. Yeah. I just said like that. And our ministry focus was different. He, He was more of a, Outreach, get as many people in the building as you can, mm-hmm. and kind of almost the opposite of what you was talking about earlier, where his focus was really more uh, outward focused, and then when I came in, I was more inward focused. Is is feeding the church kids? Yeah, you know, um, so because they had been left behind for a, a year or so, and uh, so that was kind of my focus. I'm preaching. And I'm kind of walking up the, the middle aisle where we had a you know a row going where we can walk up the middle aisle and the kid looks at me in the middle of my preaching and goes, "When is Chad coming back?" <sighs> That's I don't awesome. remember that. You don't remember that? No. Oh man, that was. A, I must that have been was, in the bathroom or something. Yeah, it was early on. You was still. That there. was Steve. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was tough, man, and uh, you know, can't you? It caught me off guard. It, luckily, I was been in ministry long enough that I knew how to keep moving. But is there been Sometimes like that, you know, was just maybe not like that because normally little kids are not that. Oh, there's some that are harsh, man. Yeah, this, yeah, and and you know what? For us, I think it's because you're so in kids ministry, you're so volunteer based. I can think going into places like that where it's been. I remember going into San Antonio and. I probably shouldn't have said because this obviously this person is. There was a lady who was served in our team, and. I, it was funny because she was on our team and she was serving and and I remember her just and I, I would just say hey we need to improve at this and every time I'd say we need to improve at something which I wasn't trying to say we were doing anything bad I was saying hey we got to get better at this because we weren't doing good jobs at certain things and really the the kids pastors before me there their biggest focus was VBS yeah it was straight up they would spend months pre- preparing VBS wow and the whole spring was geared toward that one week of the summer, like from Easter till VBS. That's all they cared about. It was, and they would, they would literally blocked off every night of the week for VBS prep in April, May, and June up until the VBS started. Wow. wow. And it was like, and I was like, no, we ain't doing that. That's not, that's not a thing. Y'all paid me for 52 weeks a year, not for the one. So and- <laughs> was that like directed from, the top down or that's just what the, that was just their passion. Yeah. That was just their passion. And so, cause and, and my, my pastor, he's like, I want you to have a VBS or have some kind of an outreach, but it wasn't like a thing that was like, Hey, this is, and that's what, that's why the minister, their ministry hurt when they were there was because they spent so much to focused on that one week and they didn't spend as much time working on the week to week. And it, and it really did. It suffered. Um, but that being said, um, I remember this lady, I would just come in and say, Hey, we've got to get better at this, the week to week stuff. And I'd tell her, and I just said, we, this is what we're going. And I'd, I'd try to cast vision of, Hey, this is what this needs to look like. It's about the kids. It's about this. And I remember her just sitting in my office and her coming in and just sitting down and just being like, they say so much bad stuff about this pastors and, da, 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 and just, just crying And our, our youth pastor and our worship pastor who she was like, thought that they would just been dogging this, the former pastor, which really they hadn't. 
It was just that they, she just, that's what she thought was happening. And that's why I kept saying, we got to get better at this. We got to get better at this. It's a different vision. Yeah. Her her vision is still what's cast on the previous. And so, um, but they, I remember that she's all crying and I got the door open because it's a lady in my, you know, my office. And so, and they're just coming back behind walking where I can see them walking in my doorway and they, and she has no idea. And they're they're just laughing at me the whole time, and I was like, "You guys are jerks! <laughs> just get out, go away." Men are men are terrible because you know, Senator was just was talking about this earlier. She was just like, "Oh, they're being so mean," you know, the kids on the baseball field or, or guys joking with each other. I'm just like, "That's what we do. That's what we do." You know, you were saying something <clears throat> about that that text uh, group that you had. Yeah, yeah, y'all was just, I mean. At each other. Oh yeah, it's it's, it's and that's it, builds. It's poster. It's posturers. You know, you yeah. guys. You have guys in every group. If there's somebody's going to stir the pot, and that's what they do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And if you can't do that, man, I don't want to hang out with you. And if you don't think you're that, you probably are that. If you don't think you have that, you're probably that guy. Yeah. What What is a? Uh, and I tell you, you know, I've, I've heard some of your outreaches and different like uh, ministry uh, events and stuff like that. What do you, What do you think? Like looking back over the years, that's some one of the most um, uh, successful events that you have put on. And I I just tell you one that just really uh, made me think of that when you was talking a while ago was uh, when the whole COVID thing was, and y'all normally do the, the trunk, y'all do trunk or tree. No, y'all do. We do hot spots is what we normally do. Hot spots. Yeah. We normally do like normally we do. And yeah, we're not going to do it this year because Halloween's on Sunday, but Normally we do like a houses where we have different people and we set up like small fall festivals at people's houses oh, and neighborhoods. Cool. But this, but this one you couldn't do that, so y'all had drive through. We did drive through Easter egg hunt and drive through um, Halloween. Yeah, so I thought that was pretty interesting. Superhero, superhero, superheroes. We saved Halloween. Yeah, <laughs> and so that's what we did for Halloween last year. That was fun. So yeah. do, do y'all, when y'all do stuff like that together, do, is that just something that you, you come up with or was a team? Oh, team it's effort? a team. It's yeah. team. And and I'll be honest, when it comes to events, I'm not, that's not, I, I pull them off, but that's not my strength. Really? Yeah. I'm, I, maybe when I was younger, it was one of those things. But for me, I just don't get jazzed about events anymore. Um, just cause I don't, especially in those Halloween and Easter egg hunts and, it's, you know, you have these big giant Easter egg hunts and then you get back on Sunday. How many people showed up from the Easter egg hunt yesterday? Three. Yeah, that's what I was about <laughs> to ask you. Like, how, how effective are they? Is, now, everybody, all you religious people, just back up for a second. But, because I brought this up in, the, in, in a meeting one time and, and I asked, man, we need to do some auditing around here. Like, we got to figure out, like, if, if this, you know, all the, put all the money in, that we spend in events in a bucket. <clears throat> is that is that the right bucket for for this money? Yeah. Oh, you can't put a value a dollar on a soul. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Bet. <laughs> <laughs> Bet. That was my thing is listen, I'm not saying that that person that we just spent seven thousand dollars on this event wasn't worth the seven thousand. That's not what I'm saying. But if I can take that seven thousand and turn it into a hundred people. Yeah. That makes a whole lot more sense. More sense, right? Because mm-hmm. um, so, here's the deal: we're, we're we're called to be good stewards too. Yeah. <laughs> and if you're if that's what if you think you're being a good steward when you like drop ten thousand dollars on an Easter egg hunt or ten thousand you know or a fall festival, and you have five families show up, 
from the, from those events or, you know, one or two families really is what generally what you're going to, you may retain. Yeah. You're, is, is that really the best avenue for those that $10,000? Yeah. And I know that is a lot of that stuff is not, um, the very next week. Right. Yeah, but it, you're, you're 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 feeding into the community, and once they become on hard times, they're going to remember Mercy Gate. They're going to remember Elam Church, and that's where they're going to go. Right? You hope. Yeah. Well, you hope. Yeah. And that's. I mean, I think that's that's a that's the deal. And I think there's a lot there's a lot of lot of pastors out there, kids pastors out there now, that they'll tell you that hey, if you they they do them because they're fun for their church and they're fun for their community. Mm-hmm. It's a and, and you just have to weigh weigh it as saying hey, is this is having a good this the thing we want the community to know us by? Yeah. And if you can ask if you can answer that and say hey, this is I want our community to know us by the Easter egg hunt, or do we want the community to know us because we fed this many people? Right. Do we want the community to know us because we did hot spots, or do we want them to know, hey, we went and we went to the sanitation workers, or we went to the to the police department, we went to the fire department and handed and and we did something amazing for them. Right, put a team together, go read it at schools. And stuff yeah, like and you know, what do we want? What do the, those things look like? You know, is yeah. that is those the? It just comes down to, hey, is that what do you want to be known for? Is you want to be known for those to be this flashy? Hey, this is and and really, and it frustrates me. It frustrates me at times, not Mercy Gate as much, but whenever we as a church, and because we don't, we try our best not to do what everybody else is doing. So if everybody's doing a fall festival, there's no reason for me to do another one. Yeah. Right. If everybody's doing an Easter egg hunt, there's no reason for me to do another one. Yeah, yeah but at the same time, like, since y'all are the big church in town, yeah, like y'all can do it better than everybody else. We can't, you know. Yeah, I can, I can, I, I know, I, I get that, but it's still one of those things that it, are we just doing? Are we going to see the? Is it worth? Is it worth my? Is it worth all that man hours? Is it worth all the money? Is it worth I, all those things? I think that it'll be more successful as a community for. No, Mercy Gate to lead the charge and then the Methodist Church and the Baptist Church and to get together and do it at, you know. Oh, that would be amazing, but that would mean people in the church would have to get along. <laughs> yeah, but that's the problem. Like, you can't get two AG churches together to do something much less. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, there's, you know, and I, th- I think there's t- things or places are closer now than they were 20, 30 years ago. Um, I don't know that we're, I think... Mont Bellevue is not necessarily the greatest place for that, and you know, is a place to say, "Hey, this is the the ideal place to do that," um, because we're always a little bit behind everybody else. I think, but I think there's a big. Um, I think a lot of churches do jump in together on different things, and you know, we've <clears throat> we've reached out to the city already for this coming year on some different things, and we're just hoping to be able to kind of jump on board with the different things with them. Yeah, I think that's important. Like, if we can. And that's that's the thing about you know church people is like man let's let's just put our efforts together. Oh yeah, with the student in the community center, let's do it at the. Park let's make it. Let's make it a kingdom thing and yeah. not and not make it a mercy gate thing. It's, exactly. And that's really what it needs to be. And, and you know, and, and a lot of times the bigger churches, you know, they they get the name out there. You know, I I did an event called the Fuse, and it was just all about fusing the different churches and different faiths together to do one big one big event. You know, a year. Um, for for the youth, and man, I tell you, the first year that I done it, man, I I, I literally went to other churches and knocked on doors and talked to pastors, and it was, I mean, 
grueling. Oh yeah, you know. Uh, nah, you know, you know, we're we're Baptists, and I don't know if that's just, you know something that we want to do. And blah, you know, blah, blah. I need to pass that through. You know, the Baptist this and that before yeah. we could do something. That's like one that. of the things I appreciate. We not, do, not, not not pointing out Baptists, but just, yeah, uh-huh. we do a thing called we do a thing called America Praise. And I don't. Are you guys involved with that? No, I don't no. Think so. Okay, we need to get you guys involved with that. Yeah. It's actually they. What they've done is they've got this. It's a ministry that's based out of um, Albuquerque, New Mexico, and they got all of their churches. Every day, they got all the churches. It didn't matter the denomination to go through and pray for twenty four hour. Like you, ha- you committed to praying for 20, having somebody praying for a twenty four hour span. Mm-hmm. Yes, we are involved in that. And so, and well, we've they, done something like that. If it's not that, but we yeah. are involved. I didn't know that's what the name was. But we're doing. If it's not that it, one, it's another one. Yeah. So, but this. So, what they've done is this same that that group. They come in and um, I think ours is like Southeast Texas Praise or something like that. But they do. Um, they go and they do like it. They did it in Albuquerque. They did a like a st- statistics of the whole area, and they had a certain statistics that were like, "Hey, this is where our town is terrible." And then they said, let's make these our prayer focuses. And then they came back like a year and a half, two years later, did the same statistics, and all of them improved. Wow. And so, but it was, hey, this is a way to show that prayer works. But that's been one of the cool things for us to be starting this year because we, we had a, a group of pastors from all the churches in the area, literally from this side of Houston, that have come in and been a part of this. And it's actually been really kind of a cool thing to see these different churches jump in. And so you'll have churches that are Baptist and churches Methodist and non-denominational and, you know, just different charismatic. It works because you don't have to be together. Yeah. You don't have to be together, but you, you you don't, you don't have to pray like, Hey, we can, we can pray in tongues. We we don't have to pray in tongues. You Baptist (laughs) Methodist. We expect the same. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to tell them that. So that's the thing. It's been pretty cool. So we check the stats. That's when when party level went up in this certain area. (laughs) Tongues came in. Exactly. I'll let you explain that. <laughs> okay. Where two I'll got two more questions. Do you have anything? I'm I'm good. I'm following. I have two more questions. What is the church missing in in uh children's ministry? Oh man. I think what family ministry. And it goes back to that whole it's kind of morphed over the last twenty five years. One of the biggest things that's happened is you've start, and you're starting to see it more now. Is the the when I started in kids ministry, I was the primary. I was a lot of times seen as a primary faith builder for kids. They they like I can remember there was a lady one time and her they were involved with soccer, super involved with soccer. She calls up my pastor one day during the week. My son, he's been doing this and this and. And what happened is the kid, the kids like drawing dirty pictures on the back of his scantron for his star test. I think that's part of one of Margaret's and Sanders' kids. Yeah, probably. But and but he was one of our church kids, uh-huh. and his mom literally calls the church and she's like, "I need I need the pastor and I need the children's pastor to come down to the school so we can meet with this with the counselors and da da da." And because she they saw me, even though they only came about once every six weeks because they were gone for soccer all the time, uh-huh. um, they saw us as the primary faith builders in their families. Yeah. Where now I truly believe that most churches. And we kind of understand now that, hey, it has to be more a way for us to team with parents. Yeah. And you're seeing that more 
But it's still one of those things, the more we can do that, the more we can team with parents, the more we can team with families to put the, just put resources in their hands. Because I think a lot of them, because especially with the biblical literacy being as poor as it's been over the last 30 years, so many people don't understand how to lead their kid in salvation, how to lead their kid, or when their child's ready for baptism, or when their yeah. child's ready for different things. They don't get that. And so, so, so a thousand foot view, what does it look like? Um, I think it looks more and more like parent training. I think it looks more like there's a um, there's place there's opportunities for kids to worship with their parents. I think mm-hmm. there's it's funny because I'm actually right. I got to write this whole plan up for this this, this coming week. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, so it's actually on my brain. Um, but yeah, there, it's, I think there's a lot of it. There's different classes that we create for parents to where they sit with their kids and there they sit and they learn stuff on how not just how what the Bible says about the thing, but how to present this to their children. That's good. And I think that's that's a key thing. I think creating opportunities for parents and kids to worship together. I think that's imperative. Yeah. I think, but the problem with that is it's gonna, it causes a lot of senior pastors to be able to say, Hey, I've got to check my ego and check my pride a little bit on this and say, Hey, I'm going to let this, let the kids ministry guys lead a little bit, yeah. you know, and not just push them in something that is, Hey, this something happens in the back room, but the way they're leading, the way they're leading their services, if they're truly worshiping, if they're truly doing those things and they're truly kids are learning, then these adults are learning. We'll learn too. I think that's important because, um, like a lot of, a lot of kids, they'll go all the way through, you know, youth and then they'll come into a service and then, you know, the Holy Spirit will break out or whatever. And they'll hear tongues or they'll see kid, you know, somebody be slain in the spirit or something like that. And they're like, what is this? Yeah. And you're 13. You ain't figured this thing out yet. Yeah. You know, and you know, just, just, uh, um, that didn't happen in y'all's kids church. What's that? Oh, speaking in tongues and slaying and stuff yeah. like that. I mean, it's, it's happened. Like, <laughs> camp, yeah, just, yeah camp. And that's the thing. It happened. Yeah. Camp, yeah camp, camp, but it's not like you're regular, you know, I, know. Uh, I mean, we're not as, as spiritual as you guys, but we're not that spiritual. <laughs> honestly, you are AGs, right? Yeah. We're, yeah, we're just, you know, non-denominational. So one of these days, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's awesome. So basically, you're training the parents and giving them resources yeah, I think, how to do it at home. I think that's really the, that's the key because that's going to be the thing that's going to be long term, especially. And even when we start talking about post COVID, that's going to be the one of the, the big things that we've learned. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's awesome. That, yeah. that really is awesome. I, I wish uh, I would have had some of those resources, you know, as a, as a young parent. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah anytime, because, anytime you can have the kids see. Let let the kids see the parent, like show them this is how we do things is always good. Like I remember at some point, I can't remember how old I was. I was probably like 12 or something. And for some reason, my parents were trying to tell me something about tithing. But my whole life, I'd never seen them put any money in the offering because they always did their tithing like uh, Sunday morning or I was always at the kids church. So I'd never want, I'd only see them, you know, pass the plate Sunday night and they just pass it on. And uh, they said something to me about tithing. I was like, you guys don't pay your tithes. Why would I do that? You know, and they're like, we give our tithes every Sunday. What are you talking about? I I, I remember my my mom and dad always wrote a a $100 check and put it in. I was like, so does that mean they make... Was that pretext or uh, post Yeah, But yeah, so like as a kid, I don't remember how old I was, but like I didn't, I just thought they never did it. And plus, yeah. growing up in the, my family, my family's always cheap, you know, they always try. So I just thought, yeah, they just don't, they yeah. just didn't do it. And I, that was just because I never saw them. So anytime you can let 
that well, can't see the parents. I'm and sure I think that's important. I think that's something that parents totally forget, don't even realize. Is how, and I and this is something that I preach to parents all the time: is you need to figure out a way that your kids see you in your quiet time. Because mm-hmm. yeah, I think even with me, because I got convicted about that when Cooper, my my seventeen year old, he when he was probably about eight or nine. And I was teaching about, hey, you need to have quiet times. I, you know, I pray every day for y'all. Da 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 da. He's like, no, you don't, Dad. But I was always doing my quiet time at at work because mm-hmm. I worked at a church, so that was part of our day. We scheduled part of our day to do our quiet time. So wow. I never had I'm to do it. Convicted right now because I do the same thing. It's like, you know, first of all, we don't. How often do you really act? Well, for me at least, I don't open a Bible anymore. You know, it's digital for me and. Mm-hmm. Um, Oh, you're one of those people, I'm, huh? I'm still old school, man. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I'm not, man. And and I know certain people got certain ways about it, but just for me, you know, I like turning it on and letting it read to me. Of course, I have some, you know, dyslexia and different things like that, so it helps as it reads and I read along and yeah. those type of things. So uh, just early on, it just helped me in ministry understand um, sure. stuff like that. So, but yeah, I mean, my kids, they don't, I mean, first, they don't see me open the Bible. Yeah. I mean, we have Bibles laying around the house and stuff, but at the same time, they don't see me studying the Word at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And that was, a, and that literally, Cooper calling me out on that, I was just like, oh, crud. I'm Kids terrible. are the best of it. I think uh, Luke, my uh, eight-year-old, when he was like six, was one of those times where mm-hmm. I think every six weeks or something, or every quarter, we have the kids come in, our, our main worship, and uh, he was just like, what's going on over here? And, you know, somebody was being slain by the Spirit. Just gave me the opportunity to sit down. You know, I, I make him stand up because you know kids don't want to stand up mm-hmm. there and worship and stuff. And I, I, just, I told him to sit down. And we just kind of talked about it. And and uh, but without that, we wouldn't have got the, the time to oh, yeah. teach. And that's and I think those are those are important moments that we have to create and we have to be intentional about it. Yeah. Um, is there resources out there to help parents, or just or is this kind of a, a new movement, or is there something out there already that? parents could go to and, and, and you know I think there's always there's a bunch of books I mean I, I love there's a book um, and this is one of my buddies I've already talked about actually Brian Brian Dollar he has a book called Talk Now Talk Later and I think that's one of the greatest books resources that you can come across for parenting um, there's a couple of um, books by Michelle Anthony um, she's another author that she just does some has some great resources for parents um, and I don't know if you guys are on right now media if you're on right now media there's tons of resources on there on parenting that'll just kind of that you can roll off in their parenting section too yeah we don't do right now media anymore we did in the past um i, I really enjoyed right now media um if you're going to speak to a parent right now about bringing their you know preteen their, their child um and presenting you know the things that they learned over what would you tell them the which things that they the things did I not, did I say, <laughs> just, just do it again just, like basically <laughs> what we've been talking about like if you're going to teach them learn them at the house talk to them look for opportunities to talk to them always create anytime you have your kid in an opportunity to talk to them and find places to have those conversations yeah. and i think that's the important like with in you know with cooper cooper was easy was great to talk because cooper i could get give him a baseball and a baseball glove and we could throw it in the backyard, and he would tell me everything about everything, mm-hmm. and it was open book, you know. And that, and but when the moment, and it was funny because there was one time where he was like, "I don't think I want to play baseball anymore," 
And at that point, I was like, no, I ain't ready for, I ain't giving this up. This <laughs> right, is, yeah. this is, this is my time that I spend with you. And it was one of those, I was, I was ready to fight. I was like, you're going to stay in baseball because we're going to keep this time. Um, and, and now it's now, and now he's, he's drifted where it's more at the dinner, just at the dinner table. He'll sit down and he starts talking and it's like, oh, I know everything's going on with you. All right, we're good. Um, you know, my daughter, she's a little bit different. She's a, hey, I take me to go get food and feed, right. feed me and I'll tell you what you want, dad. Um, but that's and that's but that was finding those up moments to have those those conversations and when they and when different things happen be ready to have those conversations like always always be ready to point stuff back to God yeah and I think that's an important thing is to be able to say hey you know what there's something in God's word about this let's go look at it let's go see if we can find it and you generally here's the thing Google Google helps out with a lot yeah mm-hmm. and I think as you know as as pastors and people that have to speak in front of crowds we're always looking for that that thing, oh, that, that preaches, that mm-hmm. preaches, you know, and we have to be intentional about, uh, catching those things when our kids say something or, you know, uh, I go pick up Luke from, from school, uh, at five o'clock after he's done with band. It's that 15 minute drive for us, mm-hmm. you know, that we get to drive home and ask him about his day. And he always says something that sparks something in my spirit, you know, and then we, we start talking about that, but it's in being intentional and, and thinking Especially if you have a larger family, be intentional to uh, isolate each children. You know, and oh, yeah. talking to them one on one. Well, and I, th- I don't, I don't, I honestly think car rides are probably one of the least people don't take advantage of them nearly as much as they should. Turn the radio on. Or, yeah, people turn the radio on. Their their kids grab their phones and they grab you know they start playing games or videos or whatever. Yeah, kids can't. You can't go anywhere. Yeah, let's think about it. It's the it's the best place. Your kids track. Get, go ahead, get out, run. I'm going to ask you these questions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's literally the best place you can imagine to have to have these conversations with your kids is when you're in a car because there's literally no place for them to go. There's nothing for them to be distracted by. It's just you and them. Yeah, that's good. Uh, last question. This is the last one. If, if you're going to talk to about talk to a. Uh, somebody that wants to be a children's pastor or maybe one that's been doing it for a short amount of time. Run. <laughs> what would the message be? And you don't know, look bad. <laughs> run. Make sure, make sure your guy called you to do it. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. You know, I think with being a kid's pastor is great. I tell people all the time. It's literally, it's one of the most needed jobs in the church right now. I, if somebody came to me and said, Hey, I feel called to be a kid's pastor. I could literally pick up a phone and probably find them a job in the next, in, you know, in an hour, you know, it's just that kind of a situation where they were, you know, obviously that may be a little bit, but they'd have to go to interviews and stuff. But my point being, they would have an interview. I could get them an interview and like that. It's not a children's ministry is a great opportunity for people. And it's one of those things that lots of people, they don't, they think they think it's about kids. It's really just about the whole church because you're over, you're over, a lot of times you're overseeing nursery, you're overseeing elementary kids, preschool kids. You have teams that you're having to learn. Really your best kids pastors are your team or team builders. They're ones that are building up teams and they're able to speak into that. So there's so many different facets of it that you're always growing and changing and really, every church has a different... I can tell you that every church I've been at, the job description has been different at every single one. Yeah. And so there's things that I've been able to build that are... If you were to go to my kids' church now and look at my kids' church, it's there's different things, obviously, just because of the space and the location. But there's a lot of things that... Like, I, I came up with a, hey, this is how we do service, and that's what we do it. 
and I've been doing it probably that same service order for 15 years probably, but it's one of those things for us. It's, it's really not, it's not rocket science, but it's really something that's very rewarding. You'll, and if you're a parent in it, it's, it is, it's the best. Cause I could, when my kids were little, I was their pastor for their first 10 years of life, 11 years of life. Yeah. So I got to see them worship. I got to see them walk down the walk down and ask Jesus in their heart. I got to see them in the altars. I got to pray with them. It wasn't anybody else, you know. And the, and where people they're like, ah, I was just you know, I just, you know, it's you, you know what I get to see you. I get to see, I got to see your kid pray today. You didn't get to do it. Ha, you know, I go to parents all the time. I'm like, you missed out, you know, I'm like, you come, come be on our team. Um, and that's literally the thing. I think there's so many people, they don't forget it. And there was a guy, um, his name's Billy Burns. He does a lot of speaking at conferences and stuff. And he has a, a spirit filled movement with kids that he does a lot of stuff. And he, I went to a session of his one, one time, um, probably 15 years ago now. Um, but Billy was speaking on the 10 reasons why I stay in kids ministry. And there was a time for me where I was even like looking, Hey, maybe we need to do something different. And, and the, really the situation I was in was the church I was at at the time, the, the senior pastor's daughter, I saw her just go through hell and it was rough. And I remember going to this conference and sitting in this guy's class and he looks and he says, I stay in children's ministry because if I'm taking care of everybody else's kids, God has an obligation to take care of mine. Wow. And I was like, all right, I'll stick with it. Yeah. <laughs> and so, but that was the thing that always, that was one of, that was, that was one of those moments for me that I was, I remember sitting in that class and going, you know, every time I think about, and really the only time I, there's been plenty of times where I thought, man, maybe I should be a senior pastor or maybe I should do this. But then I, it's, it's so much of it is always rooted in just I'm frustrated with my senior pastor. Yeah. Yeah. And we have to watch that and have to watch, make sure that it's a, I don't want to make another step into a, into another role because of, because unless it's God telling me, Hey, this is, this is the role. This is the door I'm opening for you. That's good. And so, because the moment I do that, then the moment I'm truly not in God's will. Right. I, uh, when you was t- telling me about, you know, seeing the different kids, I remember, you know, when my, uh, my older boys were, were young, wasn't going to church, you know, just had some addiction issues and different things like that. So, you know, wasn't the greatest dad. I've always tried to be the best dad I could be under the circumstances. Yeah. Um, but still wasn't the greatest dad when they were young. And it was my Joshua when he was his last year in the youth. And um, he was already out of church, you know. Uh, me and his mother were no longer uh, married, so he was doing his thing, and, and I, I begged him to go to church camp, you yeah. know, and it was his last year he was going to be there, and he, he told me yes, so we, we put him on the bus, and we took him down there, and I was just seeing him from the back of the room, you know, just battling, you know, the, some of the things that he was going through at, at his house, which is on the other side was even worse, you know, um, but then like two nights in, I just was able to grab him and, and hug him and apologize for all the mistakes that I made, you know, That's good. and, uh, and, and we just had our moment there where we both cried and we both told each other, you know, how much we loved each other. And, uh, from that point, man, I mean, we talked daily, you yeah. know, it was one of those things that we were, we were talking a couple times a month, you know, and now it's a daily thing. And, and, um, 
you know, he's great. He don't never t- hang the phone up unless he says, I love you, Dad. That's you awesome. Know? So it's just one of those things that ministry with your kids like that just creates space where you can get intimate with them. Sure. You know, mm-hmm. so um, anyways, getting all soppy over here, whatever that's you want to call it. But um, all right. Um, I think that's it, man. Daryl, thanks for coming. Oh, thanks by, for having man. me. It was yeah, a blast. I think we talked about it. If uh, if it was a good podcast, it would be an hour and 40 minutes. So that's hour and 45, you know, <laughs> I think we did all right. I think. We got that one part. We got that one part we got to cut out back in like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, that'll do it for another week. Before we go, check out Pastor Daryl and his wife, Margaret's podcast, Parenting Isn't Easy, everywhere you get your podcasts. And we love you. This is The Refuge Project.